So those of you that have a hard time listening to the accents, I've heard occasionally that sometimes it's hard to understand. Please don't be distracted. Kind of try and listen to what the message is behind the accent. Um, I've been living overseas since 2003, so there's a girl in this video that looks shockingly like me with a funny Australian accent, which I've been, you know, told is, I didn't believe, but I've been told is something I had, and then I saw this video and I felt ashamed for giving everybody such a hard time for giving me a hard time. But I saw it as a unique fundraising opportunity. So those of you in the crowd that would like to make fun of me for the way that I talk now can do so for the very low Christmas one-day-only sale price of $1. So if anyone wants to pay in advance, if anyone would like to make an advance payment. Good day. Love you, mate. Good day, Sheila. All <laughs> flat out like a lizard. <laughs> good job you're doing there. Good day. Thank you. Thank you. Um, pa <laughs> Pastor Don, you might need a check. Um, and Tony, yours are free. So, <laughs> Merry Christmas. So, so, anyway, so we'll have a look at this video and then I'll share a little bit more with you guys. Um, Bimbin's an eight-year-old boy who came to the centre uh, to ICC about four years ago. Bimbin has cerebral palsy um, and in therapy terms we'd say it's a spastic quadriplegia, so it affects all four limbs. Bimbin is quite intelligent and actually can um, speak some English. He can copy words that you say and is a good communicator. He actually can translate for me when I try in my bit of Chinese. Uh, he translates in proper Chinese for the others. So uh, he does really well. Uh, he is more physically uh, limited though. He's probably the most physically disabled of the group of six boys that we have here. So three years ago, um, Daryl and I, when we were coming back to visit, bought in a wheelchair for Bin Bin. So we were able to raise some funds for that. And that gave him a great deal of independence. He is able to push his wheelchair himself, uh, especially on flat surfaces. And so it gave him access that he didn't have before because his walking is very, very limited. Yep. In December last year, there was two little babies, very tiny newborn babies abandoned into the welfare centre with spina bifida. And they both had open lesions on their back which is a very dangerous condition for a newborn. And so uh, there was a little boy and a little girl, and so we negotiated with the welfare centre. They, they thought that there was no hope for these children at the time. Unfortunately, very sadly, the little girl passed away. She developed an infection, which is the risk that, that these children have, and passed away. But Ming Ming was sent to Shanghai, where he had the lesion on his back closed, he also had a shunt placed in his head to drain the, the fluid because he has hydrocephalus because of his um, spina bifida. But he's come back and he's really healthy and well. He's um, eating his dinner at the moment. <laughs> and they actually put him on the adoption list and we're praying and uh, we're waiting for a family to um, decide to adopt him. Um, as he grows up, he'll need a wheelchair that... Um, He'll be able to have an education. He'll grow up and be a healthy, happy little boy. Because of the success of Ming Ming's surgery, um, when the next little baby with spina bifida was abandoned in January this year, um, the welfare centre, instead of waiting for us to advocate, they rang us up and asked us to help Shang Shang, who is sitting here. Uh, we also arranged for him to go to Shanghai and he had his lesion closed and he's growing up also waiting to be adopted and he's also seeming to develop the ability to crawl and has yeah, very good chances of being able to walk in the future so he's, he's also a little success story <laughs> a life that was saved Tong Tong came to us when she was just a few months old and when our project was just a few months old. So, um, she's one of our old girls, so she might not look it. <laughs> to me, she's just an image of what we're doing here, what ICC is all about. We value Tong Tong's life. She's a beautiful little girl. She's been with us for five years. 
yeah, when she looks at you, you kind of melt. <laughs> if ICC weren't here, Tong Tong's life wouldn't have had the opportunity to impact so many people. The peace and beauty that God's breathed into her and made her to exude <laughs> wouldn't be here if ICC didn't have the opportunity to be here giving her life and love and hope and um, care and chocolate milkshake. So Yang Fuyong has had a cardiac defect and he needed surgery in his first month of life. And so we transferred him to Shanghai and arranged for him to have his operation. And after that he thrived. So, uh, he's, been, he's been completely corrected his heart. The larger vessels of his heart were kind of reversed around the wrong way. So now he's been matched to his family and he's got a book of photos here about his mum and dad and his brother and what his house looks like. And he seems quite happy to look at them. Hey, don't know how much he understands about it, but he's keen to look. <laughs> this is Yang Tuyuan, um, and she's been with ICC for a little over six months now. Um, Yuan Yuan was abandoned in the welfare center last winter. Obviously, well cared for, coming from a, a loving family, came into the welfare center very happy healthy girl, beautiful clothes and a beautiful neck, wearing a beautiful necklace from her family. And within a very short period of time she took a quite a turn for the worse and um, obviously traumatized from being abandoned and um, quite quickly lost a lot of weight, um, refused to eat, um, wouldn't even finish her bottle, um, wouldn't take any solid food and we're quite worried about her. Um, during that time, we were really hoping to get her into ICC, but there wasn't any spaces available. Eventually, a space opened up for her, but by that, by that time, she was very malnourished, very weak, um, had a severe chest infection as well, so eating was very painful for her, and couldn't, didn't have the strength to suck on her bottle, couldn't even make any noise when she cried. And uh, we had a short-term team here at the time, and they really took a shine to her and were willing to spend all of their time with her. So basically for about a week she was held uh, pretty much all day every day and encouraged to try and eat and encouraged to live and encouraged to fight for her life. And eventually we had to place a feeding tube in her in order to just get her enough nutrition to be able to rest and to heal from being so ill. And now you can see she's a fat, happy baby. Tuntun came to us after spending a year in the welfare center. And when she was there, she was quite a fighter. And someone on the short-term team was describing her as Jesus. Because up there where food is scarce, she would share her food, she would help feed the babies. And she was kind of like a light in the welfare center. But she almost took a caregiver role. And when she came over, that was in spring of this year, there was a big party because everybody loved Twin Twin because of who she is. And her childhood was restored to her. And she loves going to class and learning to walk with a walker and her caregiver just said that she learned how to bathe herself um, recently so it's a big improvement. Somebody um, from the short-term team named her Harmony because she's just that, just being a light and we're really privileged to have somebody like Twin Twin in the project who's so giving and sweet and yeah and loving. Hi Kai, as we call her. Came into the orphanage in the middle of June 2010. Um, she was, when she was abandoned, she was actually very malnourished and she had a very large tumour on her back that measured about 18 centimetres by 19 centimetres, which is probably the reason that she was abandoned. We took her to the local hospital to try and get a biopsy done and their feeling was there was no point she was going to die, it was going to be cancer.
but after much negotiation, they agreed to do the biopsy. And the biopsy results came back to show that she had a vascular tumour. We consulted with doctors overseas and um, they suggested we start a medication. And the local doctor said, there's no point, you're wasting your time, there's no hope for this little girl. But we did as was suggested by the doctors overseas and over the last 12 months we've seen the tumour shrink until it's no longer visible. It can be felt and it's now down to three centimetres and it's just an amazing miracle. As you can see, she's, she's healthy, she's um, attending kindergarten and she's just doing really, really well in life. Hello. Achoo. Achoo. Okay. Bye bye. Achoo. Well, I mean, we have uh, close to 400 children in ICC's care right now, and if I, if I had the time, I could tell you 400 stories just like the ones you've, you've just seen, um, of miracles, of life, of hope and opportunity given to kids that, um, according to statistics in China, would not have survived. Um, you know, I, I, the other night, I, Janet and I were watching a movie, and um, it's one of my favorite movies. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies, but it's also one of my favorite movies. It's called It's a Wonderful Life. And for those of you who don't know, um, it's a story about a guy named George Bailey, and in the movie, he gets a chance to see uh, what it would have been like if he had never been born. Um, and I, I often was think, you know, I think to myself this all the time, but I think about what my life would be like without some of these children. And... You know, there's, there's about seven kids you saw in this video, and statistically, in China, if organizations like ICC were not around, only one of those children would be alive today. And I can't imagine my life without any of the kids. Um, I'm so thankful and so grateful for the opportunity I have to have them in my life. Um, it's a joy and it's a privilege, and um, I just love it. So thank you all very much for all of your support over the last year. Um, I love having, a, having a, such a wonderful place I can come back to. Um, and this is my home, and I, just, I, I love coming back here every, every year. It's just wonderful. Um, I have some more information at the back if anyone wants more information about ICC and how you can get involved. Um, we have a child sponsorship program. We also have short-term teams. Mike and Tony are going to be bringing a team this year. So you can talk to them, sign up with them. <laughs> um, you're welcome. Um, and we also have our Change for China uh, jar up here. Any of you guys that have loose change, spare change. Again, it costs a dollar to make fun of me. So, um, except for Tony, it's for free for him. Anyway, thank you guys very much. Praise God. Amen. I do not have a southern accent. It costs you $100 to make fun of me. But it will go to China, praise the Lord. Amen. Just before we get started, I'm going to have Paula come up. We want to talk just for a moment about something else that we're doing and uh, this year real quick. But uh, It's been exciting to watch what God's doing uh, through us reaching out to our homeless community, making the decision to reach out and to help them. So uh, they have a couple of announcements to make and encourage you to get involved. Amen. Hi, guys. Good morning. Nicole, I'm stealing some of your thunder on your mission, so I thought we'd help uh, play off. If you can't go to China, which Mike and Tony have been a couple of times, um, we have a ministry here, Reaching the Lost in Our Community. Missions, missions. yes, right here. Home missions. Right here, home missions. Actually, our homeless ministry that we started, Pastor started, and Thomas and Keith are supervisors over. Um, Monday nights here at our church, we are housing anywhere between 15 and 20 now there, some of the other churches are getting up to 25 people to come in and stay Monday nights. We provide a warm bed, blankets, pillows, food, fun, lots of fun, Barkle, um, movies, and um, we get to interact. And at first I was like, oh, you know, last year, Mel and Randy, we had a, you know, our families did something. We went out and handed things out. 
this is different because now we're interacting. It's not just a drive-by. Here you go. You look like you need a blanket. This is all come into our house. We get to be Jesus' hands, feet, talk, and be part of their lives. And um, I'm going to share something. Betty's not here, and she's part of our team. And um, we're having a meeting, by the way, just a reminder, after in the sanctuary. And her, she can't be here today, so I'm going to read what she wrote just because I want to encourage those who maybe feel like they have nothing to bring or they're overloaded, just spending an hour or two on a Monday evening will change not only their lives, it will change yours. Um, it says, our church change, our family changed our plans so we won't be at church on Sunday, um, but I so love being part of this ministry. I do have so many emotions. I lost it when breakfast was through last week, and I had to step aside to collect myself and get a grip. When they were getting in the van to leave, so many stories in that room for so many hours, my heart goes out to them and is so warmed. This is the very best, best thing I've ever been involved with, and I really love it. Oh, how I love it. So to me, it's not, you know, we hug them. At first, the first night they were there, I was like, oh, can I do this? You hear all these stories, oh, and yes, they have alcohol problems, and yes, they have drug problems, hence they live on the street. But you know what? They're just like us, and they love being hugs, and they love playing games. So I encourage you, if you're not involved, come and hang out after church. Um, we need you. We, it, it's, you know, once a month, but I'll tell you, the people who have helped, Lori McBride will tell you, she loves hanging out at nighttime. Um, it's become a way of our family getting closer together and, and making them part of our family of God. I just wanted to say, the stories in the van are, are unbelievable. The ministry's great, giving them food, playing games and stuff. Riding home two or three weeks ago, or driving them back to CRC, one of the guys, he's, he's probably in his early 30s, he actually had a good job with Kmart. He was one of their, uh, um, the head of their dis distribution department. And then they called him and said, well, we're opening a new store up in Tahoe. Can you come back up here after you'd moved down here for him? So he moves back to Tahoe. And then like six months later, they decide they have to close that store. And he had no way to get back down here. I don't know through choices or, or what happened. But he was actually working for them for 12 years lost his job, and now he finds himself. He said it's just easier to live down here because everyone knows in Tahoe it's like below zero already or something. But the other thing, I got to speak to him last Monday about you know, the rules that we go over and stuff like that, but it, since day one, when you walk in that room, for whatever reason, I know it's God's grace, they're happy people. Inside they have some joy. I mean, they're thankful for a warm place and the food and the company, but when they come to our church, almost every one of them has said, there's something different about this place. Other churches help, and they're all great. Don't get me wrong. But when they come here, people hug them, like Paula and, and Keith and myself and everybody, all the other staff. So if you really want to change your life, they're changing mine. And if you want to change your life, then go and spend an hour. Play a game. Play cards. Do something. Serve them some food. Or just talk with them and find out the fascinating stories that they do have about their life. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, guys. Amen. And if you say, well, you know, I'm, uh, I don't know if I can interact with people or something, but one thing we need is, is uh, uh, we, we need people to be supervisors there from 12 at night to 6 in the morning. We have a few people that have been very dedicated towards that and help out, but if you maybe you could do that once a month and uh, fill in there just in case anything happens, it's always good if we have some guys there for that and... Uh, so, but there's just lots of ways that you can plug in and get involved and help in that area. And, and uh, Lord willing, as we continue to reach out and serve our community, uh, different opportunities like this. How many know there's just no end to opportunities to help people? And uh, the more we can love on them, uh, the better it is. Praise the Lord. So uh, thank you all for serving. Thank you for uh, all that's going on. It is uh, with so many people signing up and it helps and uh it, just to be able to uh, uh, make it so people don't have to be there every week and do it all the time. And our goal is that every, if everything, it's easy to get excited at the beginning, but we committed to this for six months. And uh, do what? Schedule twice a month right now, so, uh, uh, which works out great, and it's not that big of a, of a commitment to do, but it's a great time. Uh, Jamie sent me a picture last week while she was there, and... Uh, uh, the one brother, I put, what's his name? Uh, Craig? Greg. Greg. But he's a real tall guy. He's got really long, all white hair. 
Well, then he folded it over and put sunglasses on like Cousin It. So they were taking pictures of him and stuff. So, but they're just great guys. And uh, I talked to him a couple weeks ago. Dude, you're funny. You're making me laugh. It was awesome. So. But yeah, just a, it's just a matter of interacting with people, making them... Uh, you know, when you're in a situation like that, it's easy to feel to lose self-worth and value. And when people love on you regardless of where you are, it, it, it goes a long way. Just love goes a long way. Amen? Praise the Lord. For the next couple moments, just want to share a thought with you this morning. Just quick, if you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 1. And with it being Christmas, and uh, for the next couple weeks, we'll share a few messages around the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, but I'll read a few verses with you. And I want to read about the birth of the Lord this morning and uh, in preparing just really what it means to us and uh, the significance of Christ's coming. And there's a lot of dispute and a lot of people get over a lot of things. When was Jesus? No, uh, let me, can I just, if I could clear it up, Jesus was not born on December 25th. So, you know, we're not worshiping the day. It's just like when we have communion, okay? Uh, And things we do. We do things, there's things you do to remember. It's important that you remember. And so we do have a day and people go, well, it's tied to this and it's tied to that. And uh, so uh, in all of our lives, let me just put it like this. Every one of us was a pagan. Okay, and we come out of, we're Gentiles and... uh, uh, you know, we have very few, you know, Adrian converted to Judaism years ago and, to, and that, but it, out of coming out of, of that, and now he's a Messianic Jew and that, but does anybody in here know that your bloodline is that you're of Hebrew heritage? Okay, Paula, so we have two people. The rest of us are pagans, okay? And uh, from our heritage, but, but God loved the Gentiles. And so we have Gentile backgrounds, and there's things and everything. The part of that is that we come out, but now we worship the Lord. Amen? And we worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, God called Paul, sent him to the Gentiles to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And Christmas is about remembering the birth of a Savior. Amen? The Savior of the world, of all mankind. Matthew chapter... Uh, 1 and beginning in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took him to his wife, and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. If you would turn over to Luke chapter 2, in the first verse, It says, And it came to pass in those days that as decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered, the census first took place while Quirinius was was governing Syria, so that all went to be registered, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was while they were there that the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid, and the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, 
For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Amen. Who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into, their, into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing. Excuse me, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which is told, which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned and glorified, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told to them. One last verse, if you go to me to Isaiah chapter 9. And we sing that song, Away in the manger, no crib for a bed, the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. And so this morning, that's kind of what I'm talking to you, but instead of saying away in a manger, I'm going to talk about a way was made for you and I in the manger. Amen? And so for us, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 is the prophecy that's being fulfilled here. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of, the, of hosts will perform this. Father, I thank you that in the next few moments that we spend together, Lord, you allow our eyes to see truth from your word, our ears to hear and have clarity of understanding, and our hearts to receive your word planted deep within them so it brings forth your harvest in our lives, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Look at the cover of your outline, if you would. My question to you is, how could one life and one choice change the world forever? I want you to think about it. In fact, I listened to something the other day, and they were talking about one life changed history forever. One choice of the Lord to give His life. When He was in the garden, He made a choice. He said, Nobody takes my life. He told Pilate, you don't have any authority over me. I could deliver myself from this in a moment. All I have to do is say the word and 12 legions of angels would be here. Amen. 72,000 angels would show up in my behalf. Amen. And Pilate goes, the Bible says that from that moment on, Pilate sought to release him. Amen. So one life and one choice changed history forever. You know, we're going back now, we're trying to get away from A.D. in our calendars. B.C. and A.D., before Christ and after death. We're trying to get away from that and all those areas there. So, but, but just think about it. He changed our lives forever, ever. Praise the Lord. This is the time of year when we remember that God wrapped His love in the body of His Son and sent Him to be born in a manger in Bethlehem. The proclamation of good news was made to all mankind. God was now with men. His name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Amen? On that glorious day, God made a way for you in the manger. What was declared in eternity could no longer be restrained or held by time. God's love and God's covenant promise was being fulfilled for all mankind. The Bible tells us that Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. A couple of years ago when I taught you about the everlasting covenant, we understand that covenant was made. God, when He ordained His plan, knew that man given a choice could make the wrong choice. So He made provision for the choice before we ever made it. And so Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. And at the appointed time, Galatians says, in the fullness of time, Christ came. And so we're at the moment where what we just read here was the account when time could no longer restrain what had been promised. Thank God for that. 
God's love and God's covenant promise was being birthed and fulfilled for all mankind. For this was the day that would lead to the day of our atonement from sin. And we think about it, a couple weeks ago I was telling you about uh, when we talked about the God who is bigger than words. And we ministered that message to you uh, right after Brotherhood passing. And uh, But we're talking about how God, when He created things, that He said, be, and, and, and all of creation was fully formed. Just like when He made man, Adam was a full-grown adult. He wasn't a baby waiting to grow up, but the trees were full grown, the animals were full grown, and life began at its fullest stage. Are you with me? Life began there at its fullest stage with creation. But with Jesus, He wasn't sent just to come as full grown. He came into the earth the same way you and I did. He had to come. And I'm not going to get real deep in this this morning, but when God ordained man and woman, and He created them in the beginning, and He took woman out of the man, and He ordained that there would be a door of authority into the earth. And that door of authority would be the womb of a woman. And the only way for anybody to have authority in the earth, you had to be a human being born of a woman. You had to be of the lineage of man who God originally gave authority to in the earth. When He created the earth, He made man and woman, and He gave dominion and gave them authority to subdue the earth. That's why the devil has no authority except what you give it to him. That's why he is the usurper God. He takes from you. He has to get you to agree with Him. On Tuesday nights, we're ministering on the blood and the Word, trying to help you to understand. If you'll quit agreeing with him and start agreeing with God and declaring what the blood says about your life, you'll have a whole lot more victory. Somebody ought to say amen. But for Jesus to come, He couldn't come in full form. So He came through the door of authority. He came, He had to be born of a woman. And He had to live out His life as a man. And He had to fulfill the requirements that were needed and were set about by God's ordained plan. Think about this. The giving and the sending of His Son was something that took place before Jesus was formed in the womb of the Virgin Mary. Jesus was sent before He was formed. And so are we. By please. Please look up here. You're here today and you may be trying to figure out your life. You may be trying to figure out direction. Every young person in here, you're wondering, what am I going to be? What am I going to do with my life? What's my purpose in life? But before you were formed, God ordained purpose for your life. I don't know how to, again, I don't want to go way off in this for time's sake this morning, but I am amazed that I spent 25 years of my life wandering and trying to figure out life, but then the day that I accepted the Lord, all of a sudden purpose started to be revealed in my life, and I started walking something else, and the things I find myself doing over these last 33 years were already pre-written for my life. It's not something that I had to find out, but God ordained me like God said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, before I formed you, in your mother's womb, I ordained you to be a prophet. Paul said, God separated me from my mother's womb to be an apostle, to do what I'm doing. You and I, we don't, you, you don't just wander aimlessly through life and then maybe run into the will of God. God has a will for your life. And when you and I say yes to God and choose to walk by His plan and His purpose, life works at its highest level. Amen. And so Jesus became that person living that out before and He was sent before He was formed and we are the same. Hear it again. There is a preordained purpose for all of God's creation that is connected to His expected end. If you read this book, this is a book of a beginning and an end. When it comes to time, when it comes to this earth, until the end of this, there's an end to this day. There's no end to eternity. And you and I have eternity stamped upon our life. The moment you take your first breath, you take a breath into eternity. My job as a pastor, as a preacher, as a minister, is to help you choose a wise eternity. Some people aren't making a wise choice when it comes to eternity. That we, we laugh that off. Well, it's no big deal. No, it is something really to consider. Are you listening to me this morning? But, but, but in this, we're stamped with eternity. And we take that breath and we, we enter into that age of eternity. And we're destined to live out our life in that area. And it's so important that we live to fulfill all that He has called us to do. God has an expected end. He started at the beginning. He's bringing us to this end. And, and for you and I, your plan and, and purpose for your life fits into His expected end. What He's bringing to pass. Are you listening to me? Look at this with me this morning. It's more, 
the more that we feel on the inside of us. You live your life, pe- people live their whole life out. And, and they go, is this all I was created for? Is my life supposed to mean more? Should I be accomplishing more? Do I just get up? Do I just have a job? Do I just get married? Do I just have kids? Do I just buy a house? Do I just do this? Do I just get another car? Do I just do- Isn't life more than that? But yet we're told in America, the American dream is that you can live wherever you want, have whatever you want, do whatever. But then when you get it all, somebody wants more. That's why we're not happy. Look at the marketing today. Everything about our Christmas has been so marketed and so commercialized. We need to get that song and make that our motto. Where's the line to see Jesus? Amen? I was amazed yesterday I went down and, and, and uh, Friday went down and uh, did a little shopping with Sue. and that. But I get down there and, and on Friday on a weekday, the mall, the Galleria Mall, was so crowded. They already got people out there all day long, all morning, all afternoon, directing traffic to get in the mall. And people there, but we're just buying and buying and buying. And it's good to bless. It's good to do all that stuff. I love presents. I'm just saying, amen, the heart of God is to give. We want to bless. We want to do that stuff. But if we miss the purpose of what it's all about, how many know life is more than that? But the, and so there's this whole momentum that we get caught up in. But something inside of us say there's more. And so that the purpose of God is what we sense. God, there's more to my life than just this, uh, if you would, uh, conveyor belt that I'm caught on. Look at the inside of your outline with me quickly. Knowing all that was before Him, Jesus chose to be a self for others. Jesus came fully knowing where He was going. At the age of twelve, He said to His parents when they stayed behind, they found Him after three days. He said, don't you know I must be about my Father's business? Walking with the disciples, he kept saying, I'm going to be delivered in the hands of sinners. I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to be raised on the third day. Fully knowing what was before him. Hebrews chapter 12 says this, Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Amen? And so knowing what he was having, he still chose to be a self for others. To live for your benefit, for my benefit. That was the choice that he made. And to be the sayer of yes to the wisdom of God in the earth for all of humanity, for all of eternity. You know, in that little video clip we showed you during the offering about being a Christmas miracle this year. I just want to tell you that your life is connected to somebody. To make a difference. That you could impact a life. Our lives were meant to go beyond just the scope of our little arena here. It's so important that we live with that in mind. Everything we have in Christ flows out of His willingness to become the sayer of yes to God on our behalf. And He laid down His life so that we could live. Did you hear that again? The Lord chose to lay down His life so you and I could live. And we do that. We start in Christmas. We have the manger scene. We have a little manger scene in our front yard. And, that, and there's the baby. But that baby is the beginning of an answer. Amen. That's our answer being birthed. Listen to this thought this morning. Blessed by yes. Jesus came and became the sayer of yes to God. In order to redeem humanity, there had to be a man qualified in the earth to say yes to God. I'm just telling you, why are we celebrating Christmas? Think about this. All over the world, this is a worldwide holiday. This is not a, and, and a worldwide day of remembrance. This is not just an America. This is not Thanksgiving. Hey, this is not Memorial Day. This is not a United States holiday. This is not the 4th of July. But all over the world, wherever the gospel is preached, there is a day that is set aside for the remembrance of the birth of a Savior. The man who came to say yes to God. All over the world, this is the season when we remember the man who came to say yes to God. Before time and space, God in Himself, out of His love, ordained a man to say yes to His will and to freely choose to say yes to God. Adam had the opportunity to be the one who would say yes to God, but when the tempter came, he failed the test and said no. Hear this this morning. Every life and every generation is shaped and affected by how they respond to the opportunity to say yes to God. My life changed the day I said yes to God. 
Every life, every generation. We're seeing a great devastation in our nation. We're seeing a moral decline in the impact of what happens when a nation says no to God. It began when we took God out of our schools and we took prayer out of our schools. When we started giving rights to everybody who would stand up and have a voice of complaint. When Mary Madeline O'Hare and all these crazy people said, I don't want my son praying in school. And we got the separation of church and state and all. We took God out of our society. We shoved God back and we said God belongs within the confines of four walls like this. God doesn't deserve freedom in our society. We don't want His influence anywhere. And now we see what happens when a generation says no to God instead of saying yeah. Everything our nation is built upon, all the endurance that we have, all the prosperity that we have, is because we were a nation founded on faith in God. I mean, you go, if you've ever been to Washington, D.C., if you ever go to any of our state capitals and most of our state legislative buildings, there are scriptures and statements and the declaration that we are founded on God, that God enabled, God's providence, God's grace, God's care, God's wisdom and direction, the security of God's Word. You read our founding fathers, our history is laced with the truth of that we need to be a people who say yes to God. So every life and every generation is shaped and affected by how they respond to the opportunity to say yes to God. In choosing to say yes to God, Jesus became the one man who was worth all men. Why do we have a day called Christmas? Because when He was born, He came into the earth to be the one man who was worth all men. That means if He gave His life, the value of His life was worth every life that had ever been born and every life that would be born. How much value was there in that life? All of humanity was contained in Him. All of humanity. He was able to take upon... When the Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 8, 17, He Himself bore our infirmities and carried our weakness. He was able to absorb all of humanity into Himself and become the one man who was worth all men. Praise the Lord. Amen. God would not, could not destroy sin and dismiss Adam's choice as irrelevant. Let me go back to Adam just for a moment here. And we think about that. Adam had the opportunity to make a choice. So many times we miss what happened. This is what I believe the more I've read and studied the Word of God. And a, a while back I taught you on the two trees and one life. There were two trees in the garden, tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They were both set before man and man was at a place where he was qualified to be able to make a choice for life or for knowledge, for one or the other. And Adam could have chosen life, and we would not be here today like this. This never would have happened. It could, he could have said no, he could have resisted the tempter, could have settled the thing right there at the beginning. Amen? And chosen life, and, and that would have been it. But life was outside of him. Life was not in him. He had to choose life. That's why God says we need to separate him away from the tree of life. Because now that he has chosen, he's not a qualified vessel to contain life. And if he partakes of life now, he'll be sealed forever in that condition. And I won't be able to redeem humanity. So God separated man until he could requalify. And the minute you come to cry, you, you, the blood washes you and cleanses you. As we're finding out on Tuesday night, you're washing, you're clean. Now you're set before the tree of life. And God says, now choose life again. And that's where we live, at that place of that choice. Are you with me this morning? So important for us to see. That's because, and because God could not destroy sin and dismiss Adam's choice as irrelevant because that would make a mockery of our free will. A man brought sin into the race and a man would have to remove it. Satan's sin and death must be fairly defeated by a man making free choices. Our choices cannot be viewed as irrelevant either. But they can be covered by blood. If you're missing out on Tuesday night, I just want to tell you, I encourage you to come on Tuesday night. We're going back that it will, uh, after Ted Rose is here, and we'll continue it through the first of the year, but teaching on the blood and the Word. The dilemma is now that a man must do what only God can do, and God must do what only a man can do. It would take one to be the covenant representative for all and secure a victory over Satan, sin, and death. 1 Samuel, you can go home and read it. 1 Samuel 17, verses 1 through 37, is the story of David and Goliath. 1 Samuel 17, verse 8, is where Goliath comes out and he says, Hey, give me a man that we may fight. 
Because in covenant battles, in, in old warfare, what happened there is that if you came out and challenged him, the whole armies didn't have to fight. It'd be kind of cool if we could do that today. It'd be like ultimate cage fighting, could settle all of our wars. We'd get one Al-Qaeda guy and one Navy SEAL guy, kind of throw them in a thing together. And we could settle this thing, amen? We could like settle this. And, uh, but what it was is that you, you, you get, you could, a challenger could come out. He says, and Goliath said, give me a man that we may fight. And I've sent out the whole army. We can set up. Just give me one man to represent all of you. I represent all of us. And you give me one man to represent all of you. And we will fight. And the winner will have authority over the loser. And that's exactly... How Jesus won your victory and my victory. Satan came up and Jesus said, okay, I'm the man. The God, God of this world issued the challenge and the God of all eternity answered. Satan said, I send myself and God says, I send my son. And you guys are going to fight. And the winner is going to have authority over the loser. When Jesus came, He came into this earth to do battle on your behalf and on my behalf. And there was a day that that battle took place, and it took place at Calvary. In Colossians chapter, Colossians tells us that He triumphed over Him openly and made a public display of the enemy's defeat. And so when we look at the manger, there was a way made for you in the manger to go free. We no longer have to hide. And at that day, people have been afraid. When David stepped up, everybody was afraid. Everybody was hiding. But one man stood stood up. And if you go back and you read your Bible and you study covenant, there was a time when the enemy came out against you and it was the army of the Lord that went out. And they went through a whole qualifying process to go out and and be part of the army of the Lord. If you're afraid, if you just got married, if you just built a house, if you just planted a vineyard and and all that stuff, okay, go home. And then by the time they went through the qualifying process, whoever was left over, that was the army of the Lord. And if they, if they would have done that, if the priest would have come out and the captain of the army would have come out and done that during David's time, the only person left standing, because the last, the last qualification is, anybody who's afraid, you can leave too. So when David was facing Goliath, everybody was afraid except him. And so he would have been, and he was, the army of the Lord. Now the difference is, he's the army of the Lord. And the Lord of hosts goes with him. And God said, I will fight for you. That's why David said, you come at we with the sword and the spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. And when we come to Christmas, we need to understand that Jesus became our David, and he faced the Goliath of our sin forth, and he conquered death, hell, and the grave on our behalf. And the reason we have a celebration this year, at this time, every year, is because unto us a Savior was born in the city of David, and His name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus became the one man who was worth all men. As man, He chose to be tempted to stay faithful and to say yes to God. In doing so, He became the last Adam. And for man, as man, to deal with sin and Satan. This is why the Bible speaks in finished phrases and completed works. It only took one man, once for all men, to complete it. Last scripture, go with me to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 14 and 15. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. Inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, speaking of Christ, shared in the same. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. And release those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You've been freed from fear. From the fear of death. Look at our society today. The number one issue that's been on the political landscape for years is health care. And we are fighting to stay alive. We're afraid of dying. Anything to die. And and we're working so hard to preserve our vessels. 
Amen. I like seeing wrinkled people. It's the real thing. Amen. Amen. They had Donnie Osmond on a show the other morning interviewing him on something, and the guy looked like stretched out shoe leather, man. I'm like, dude, where's the zipper? How do you get out of that thing at night? Come on, you are old. That, that just does not look right. Amen. I love all the people, 85 with jet black hair. All the dudes, 85. I'm like, dude, open your shirt. I bet it's a snow-covered mountain. Man. How do you have it? Just saying. Amen? Hallelujah. The fear of death. The fear of aging. fear of transformation. Come on. I don't care. Though my outward body may perish, my inward man is renewed daily. There's life on... Come on. I'm not trying to preserve this. My hope is where I'm going. Come on, we have a heavenly hope. We have a heavenly joy and a heavenly calling and a promise. And Jesus came to set us free from every bondage, every fear, every oppression, every lie, every deceit. We're to be a people of freedom, not a people of fear. Hallelujah. So what do we do? All you have to do is choose to say yes to God and His love for you. This could be your greatest Christmas ever. The year you truly, choose truly to let God be the God of your life and receive all that is yours in Christ. Choose you be December 13th. For me, that's my spiritual birthday. 33 years ago, I made the choice. That's been one of the, there, there has not been one regret since that day except for my lack of fully pursuing all that He's ordained for my life. See, there's something inside of me that even still today tells me there's more. I'm driving up this morning. I'm meditating on this message. I'm driving up the hill this morning coming to church. God, why do I hesitate and not press like I should and I could into all that You've made available to me? I still sense the more of God. Amen. 24 years ago in Bieber, I prayed and it moved us to this place. And I asked the Lord, if I stay here, will I reach and fulfill my potential for You here? And I want you to hear this this morning. At that point, I wasn't out of the will of God. I was in the will of God. But something was stirring on the inside of me. I was in a comfortable place, though, a familiar place, a safe place, a place that I could look and sound spiritual in. That's my question to you today. Are you in that place? I was in the ministry. People were being blessed, and I could have justified staying in that place to myself and to others, and nobody but me would have known. So easy for us to fall into that place. What place are you in as we move into a new year? Will you stay where you are, or will you be willing to move to the place where God Purpose and potential can be released in your life. When I say the 21-day fast, if you just go, well, I did that last year. Good. Let's do it again. Well, I read through my one-year Bible. I'm good for 10 years. No. I read through the one-year Bible once. So that's why it's called the one-year Bible. It's not called the life one-time Bible. Amen. So go through that, but do, keep pressing. Keep God, thank you for what happened last. Well, I did that last year, and all hell broke out. Good. Do it again. Scare the devil. Amen. Stir something up. My question to you: If if not now, when? Man, see, how many more years do we have? What if the mind calendar is true? What if this is it? Amen. Ben Affleck, make another movie before the year's up. Who knows? <laughs> Him and Dennis Quaid, we can freeze everything, then wash it with water, and then have an earthquake and the volcano all at one time. About what the book of Revelation says. Amen. 2012 could be the year that the Lord returns. Today could be the year that the Lord returns. Today. This could be our last chance to move. The only way to avoid complacency and stagnation is to have movement in our lives. This is our time to say yes. Guys, right now, this is our time. 
It doesn't matter that I said yes yesterday. This is our time right now. What's ahead? Our yes has to be with forward motion attached to it. The promise of the Holy Spirit to our lives was that of a river of life. Rivers have a flow and move on a course to their destination. God has fulfilled His purpose <coughs> Excuse me, in sending the liquid essence of deity into our lives. What I mean by that, when Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit, He said, Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And this He spoke of the Holy Spirit who had not yet been given. The Holy Spirit, God's life, is given to us in liquid essence. Now we must choose to live in the flow of His Spirit. Jesus made the choice to say yes to God and to do the will of His Father and to open the door for the promise of the Spirit to be poured out upon humanity. Christmas is coming. It's a reminder of the fulfillment of God's promise to His creation to redeem us with and through His love. Now we can choose to say yes. That's the ushers you turn the lights off for us. I want you just to watch this last clip as the worship team comes back. Would you watch this clip, please? Christmas. It's so complex, yet so simple, and so incredibly beautiful. I think about the wise men how they came with their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gifts fit for a king. And I find myself asking, what gift could I possibly offer as I celebrate his birth? I mean, 2,000 years before every mistake I have ever made, every hurt I have ever felt, and every wrong I have ever committed, a Savior was born. A Savior that would heal, perform miracles, and ultimately give His life as a ransom for me to save my messy life. He gave the gift of Himself. So it seems the greatest gift I could give to Him would be to just follow His lead to give Him the gift of myself. All of me. My wounds. My sickness. My grief. Everything. When I do that, when I give Him the gift of myself, it doesn't stop there. He just keeps giving back. I realize He loves and cares more than I can imagine. I am redeemed by the Savior. All the sin, all the pain, all the mistakes, they're just remnants that died before they ever existed. Thank God for Christmas. Man, would you bow your heads with me this morning? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands this morning. I'm just going to ask you to stay in a place of prayer. My question to you is, it's Christmas. Jesus became the one man who was worth your sin. He gave His whole life for you. He came for one purpose. To say yes to God on your behalf. It's the only reason He came. We read it in Hebrews. He took upon flesh so that He could destroy our enemy so we would no longer have to be in bondage. He became the sayer of yes to God for you. And I still pray that prayer from time to time. Lord, if I stay here where I am right now, if I keep this mindset, this approach, this attitude, keep doing my Christian walk the way I'm doing it right now, 
Will I fulfill my potential in you? Is this the walk that takes me to your expected end for my life? Because each one of us can be in a place where we can look okay to everybody on the outside, but only us ourselves know the turmoil that's on the inside and the sense of more that we feel. And when it comes to this question, nobody can pray this for you. Nobody can do this for you. It's just a choice that we make. And it's a choice that the enemy never wants you to make. That's why he gives us religious responses to avoid the altar and saying yes to God. This is Christmas. This is the time we remember that there was a day that came when time could not restrain the promise that God had made to His creation to redeem them. And one man came to be the answer for all men. I just have one question. If you stay where you are today, will you fulfill your purpose in Christ? Keep the attitude, the approach, keep the same pattern that you have today. Will you fulfill? Do you sense more in your life? I'm just going to ask them to leave the house lights where they are, leave everything. Go ahead and turn the house lights back off, please. I want us to just take a moment. The greatest gift the world has ever known that changed the world for all history has been given to you. I played that video because the answer is what can you give to Jesus? Just give Him your life. Just say yes to God with your life. It could be your first time. It could be your tenth time. I've given my life to Christ. Every time we pray the sinner's prayer, I pray that like I'm getting saved again. I'm telling God, God, I believe you. I receive you. I accept you. I, I, I get saved daily. I remind myself of His grace daily in my life. Well, they begin to sing. Worship God. You need to in some way give your life to the Lord. If you need to say yes to God in some way. Before we dismiss this morning, let's take a moment. I'm just going to open this altar. Lights are down. As I said, you just stay in prayer. But as God, the Holy Spirit pulls upon your heart. You move towards this altar and just say yes to God this morning. Say yes. You have that in your heart. If I stay here, will I fulfill? You sense to pull for more? Say yes. While they sing, you come. Hallelujah. We worship you. We worship you. There must be more than these. Whole breath of God come breathe. With me, yes, Lord, there must be more. There must be more than these. Spirit of God, we wait for you. Yes, fill us anew with praise.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Storing up in a humble yeah. 